Welcome to another episode of Bible Conversations. Today, we're going to be talking about why does the Bible teach that regarding modesty? All right, well, welcome back. We are excited to continue this series on why does the Bible teach that? Um, um, you know, we have kind of talked a little bit about, like, why does the, the church uh, believe that? Why does the church teach that? Um, I like phrasing this one as why does the Bible teach that? Because uh, you could go to 10 different preachers and probably get 10 different rules on modesty. You know, more like 15 rules. More, yeah, f- 15 different rules from 10 different preachers, right? Um, it's one of those things that when you say modesty, the first thing that comes is comes to mind is is church camp and how long are shorts allowed to be, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and so that's why it's like you feel like you can get so many different rules and so many different opinions and so many different just, you know, ideas from people when it comes to yeah. what is modest. Yes. Um, but phrasing this one as why does the Bible teach that in regard to modesty, Yeah, um, I think really helps us to understand that it's not just opinions that we're trying to share. It's not just that, oh, well, I want people to be dressed in a certain way, and so I teach a certain thing. It, it truly is. Well, the Bible is instructing us to do X, Y, Z, and so that's why we're we're teaching yeah. um, what the Bible says. So I think you wanted to start us off in First Peter and yes. uh, kind of talk about that a little bit to to spur on the discussion. Yeah. Well, I'm going to start in 1 Timothy and then very quickly move over to 1 Peter. Okay. Uh, but 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 9, uh, we'll start in 8. It says, I desire then that in every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. Likewise, also the women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel with modesty and self-control, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly attire, but with what is proper for women who profess godliness with good works. And we move over to First uh, Peter chapter 3, and we'll be in verses 3 and 4 here, and it says, Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. And I think you, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. You know, when we hear the word modesty, we think of, we think of short length. We think of having shirts that are not too revealing. We think yeah. of... Can you show your belly button or not? Yeah, we, we think of clothes, right? We think yeah. of our, our adorning and what we're wearing. And, and to me, man, that's the, that's the very base level of it. Like that's... Yeah. If you can't do that, then your heart's not in the right place. Your mind's not in the right place. Yeah. Like there's, there, there's something else going on. That needs that's to kind be of an outward showing of your heart. Right? Correct. Yeah it's, yeah. it's, it's an outward showing of, of your understanding of what modesty is mm-hmm. because modesty is, is so much more than that. And, you know, in first Peter, it, I think it's such a beautiful, beautiful verse. You know, you're adorning what you wear, who you are should be the hidden person of the heart, the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. In other words, there shouldn't be anything, any attention brought to or taken away based on your external attire. Attire, yeah. Yeah, yeah what, what you wear should not draw attention to you. It should not take attention away from God. Like it, what you wear is, is, I mean, it's clothing to get from day to day. You know, can it be yeah. comfortable? Sure. Can it look nice? Sure. 
should that be what your your goal though to to try and get people to notice you and get people to see you? No, it it, it shouldn't. And so I think as we talk about this idea of modesty, it really has to be, at least in my mind, it has to be a matter of the heart. It has to be a matter of our understanding through the mind of, of everything of what modesty truly is. And, and modesty is, a small portion of it is, is what you wear, but another portion of it is how you think. Mm-hmm. Another portion of it is how you speak. Another portion of it is is the way that you interact with people just, you know, in general. Yeah. There's there's so much more to modesty than just clothing. And clothing is the, the tip of the iceberg, right? Yep. Like that's all that you really see is the clothing. Yeah. And everything else below that iceberg is so much bigger and so much more substantial. And uh and so anyway, that that's that's kind of my, my start with all of this and we'll well you talk I, and even as as we start to think about like modesty being more than just our clothing, you can look in the world and see that, okay, yeah, they they definitely don't have clothing, right? You know, that doesn't take long to, to look that. around at, um, you know, <laughs> that, that, that that's easy to see. Yes. Um, but then once you start listening, uh, once you start watching attitudes, then you're like, oh, now I, I really see where the lack of external, like, uh, attire modesty is lacking from it's you know there's lack of modesty of speech there's lack of modesty of attitude yeah. um uh, there's lack of modesty of, of body language and i'm not even talking about um being you know modest in the way of oh don't be a stumbling block to somebody else i'm talking about being modest in a way that are you bringing attention to yourself or are you bringing attention to god um even in your speech you know there there's people who love to be outspoken there's people who love to to use their voice to simply just bring attention to their to themselves there's people who love their to use their voice to to slander others all of that is immodest speech yeah and so um like you said you know it's it's easy to see tip of the iceberg when it comes to clothing yeah. but it, it's also not super difficult to to just listen yeah and um and and see where the heart lies in regards to modesty um, yeah. based on that as well. Yeah. So I, I wanted to actually look at um, Matthew chapter 7. Yeah, uh, as Jesus is talking about the heart, um, this is towards the tail end of the, the Sermon on the Mount. Um, I guess closer to the middle, but towards the end of the middle, <laughs> if you will. Um, but he says, starting in verse uh, 19, I'm sorry, not chapter 7, chapter 6. I saw chapter 7 when I looked down. <laughs> Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. He says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys or, and where thieves do not break in and steal for where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. That's the important thing is, is what does your heart care the most about? Does your heart care about bringing the, bringing in the attention of people or does your heart care about bringing in the attention of God? Does your, um, your speech, your attitude, the the way that you carry yourself, the way that you dress yourself, do all of those things lend themselves towards the attention of others? Yeah. Or do all those things lend themselves the, towards the attention of God? Um, because then that shows where your heart is, and it's what you care most about um, that your heart is going to be in you know what, what you care most about is your treasure yeah. um and so where your treasure is there your heart is going to be also um yeah. so 
do, do you care more about the attention of others than you do of, of God? I think that's a really important question. And the thing is, a lot of people will answer that very quickly and say, well, no, obviously, you know, a lot of Christians will answer that quickly and say, obviously, Jesus is first. That's not yeah. that's not a hard conversation. Um, you know, we've been told that for as long as we've even we thought about being Christians. Right yeah, we know we know that's the right answer. But is that the answer that our lives display? Yeah. Well, I kind of want to talk about Saul and David for a minute. Because as we've been talking about this and, and, and how important it is to understand modesty in the heart and understand mm-hmm. all of these things as as they are, we, we see in, in chapter 15 of, of 1 Samuel that the Lord rejects Saul. Right? He, Saul is told to go into Amalek to destroy all of the Amalekites, everything that they have devoted mm-hmm. completely to destruction. And in verse 8, it says, He took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive, devoted destruction all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep and of the oxen and the fattened calves and the lambs and all that was good and would not utterly destroy them. So they didn't destroy everything. They destroyed only the bad things, mm-hmm. right, which is what it says right there at the end. All that was despised and worthless, they devoted to destruction. Yeah. Sort of the bad things. Things that aren't worth anything yeah. to them. Well, I mean, we yeah. don't really want that. I'm going to so. donate it to Goodwill anyways. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? But they kept all the good things, right? The fattened calves and the sheep and the yeah. oxen. And they kept those things. Well, Samuel hears from God and, and you know, God's like, I regret that I have made Saul king. Yeah. <laughs> because he has turned back from following me and is not for my commandments. And Samuel's heartbroken. He's distraught and he's weeping over this. He has to tell Saul, hey, bro, you messed up. That's the Carrillo version, not the yeah. ESV or anything. Yeah. You, you, you messed up, right? You, you're you no longer going to be king. Your family will not be over Israel forever. And in chapter 16, verse 1, the Lord says to Samuel, how long will you grieve over Saul, right? Like, Samuel, stop. Like, there's... There's something I have for you to do. He says, I have rejected him from being king over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, where I have provided for myself a king among his sons. So he goes, and he's he's there. And in uh, in verse 7, we, we see something that I think fits right along with all of this. Right? Saul was a tall man. He was stout, and he was big. And the people were like, long live the king. You know, the mm-hmm. people chose Saul. Uh, just, just as the you know, Lord chose him, and then the people accepted him as theirs. Well, in verse seven, uh, it says, uh, it says this: it says, the Lord said to Samuel, "Do not look on his appearance, or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him." Speaking of Eliab, one of uh, Jesse's sons, for the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. And so this idea of, of being modest and choosing to do what is right and what is good ultimately is about what does God want for us to have in our lives? Mm-hmm. What does God want us to do with our lives? What is God's will? And it's we, all a reflection of your heart, and that's what exactly what God looks at. Exactly. And yeah. we know that David was a man after mm-hmm. God's own heart. And yeah. so you, you talk about this idea of modesty. and Yeah, well, oh, and, to finish that story, yeah. for anybody who's not familiar with it, yeah. Samuel goes through son after son of of yeah. sons of Jesse, and God says, no, 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 no. And then him. finally he's like, okay, that's all he's got. Yeah. And Jesse's like, well, technically I've got one more, but surely you wouldn't want David. He's out in the sheep. Yeah, and then God's <laughs> like, that's the one I want because yes. that's the one that's got the heart. Yes. Yeah. And so it's, it's really important, I think, that, as we discuss modesty, yes, we need to discuss when 
someone is wearing something that is that is not acceptable but it needs to be done in a manner that is loving and gentle and kind and you know dylan you and i we don't need to go up to teenage girls and tell them they can't work like that needs our wives need to do that their mothers need to do that right yeah. their their parents need that can't it shouldn't be us yeah we can go up to some guys and say hey man those speedos you're wearing not okay <laughs> you know give them a little bit of a hard time because it's that's it you know mm-hmm. it, it, it's more of camaraderie it's a guy to a guy but we have to be very careful with what we're saying yeah and ultimately, it has to be a matter of the heart, right? Yeah. Why are you like? Why are you wanting to wear that? Like, what, what are you getting out of that? Because it's not about the. It's really yeah. not about the clothing. The clothing is just the asking why is so important yeah. in everything that we do. Yeah. You know, I, we, we've had why does the church teach that regarding worship um, yeah. episodes about that. So scroll back if you've missed that. But um, yeah. the asking why do we do what we do that is so vitally important why do we worship the way that we worship why do we teach um about salvation the way that we teach about salvation you know like are we just being hard-headed saying hey you got to be baptized well no it's because it's what the bible says why why do we do what we do in regards to the clothes that we wear um what is the motivation behind things um that question is so important and is lacking in being asked you know, it seems like not a whole lot of people ask that question of why am I doing what I'm doing? Um, I think people just hear what they hear from their parents and they accept it. And they hear what they hear from the pulpit and they accept it. And yeah. they hear what they hear from their friends and they accept it. And most people don't, they don't want to dig deeper because they don't want to find out that they're wrong or yeah. they don't want to find out there's more to it than X, right? There's X, Y, Z. It's more than just a little bit Yeah. because there's, it's scary to find out that, man, you've been doing something wrong. You've been living the wrong way. Or you've been X, whatever the case may be, people don't, they want to live in that ignorance. Yeah. And, and I, I find that in my life too, at times it's, it's not, um, it's not something that I'm, I'm saying everybody else, but me does. And I, I have done that. I, I probably still do that to some degree. Yeah. Um, but we have to ask why. If we're not questioning, if we're not wondering, if we're not asking why, and we're just going through the motions without understanding, that's not that's not good. Hmm. Um, to kind of wrap up this whole discussion and uh, put a bow on it, a lot of people may be wondering, like, okay, what does it look like to like have a modest heart? To to have a heart that that is seeking what God seeks. That to have a heart that is um, longing to be closer to God. What does that look like? Well. Um, Paul instructed Timothy in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2 um, a, a little bit about this. You know, you, you just looked at 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Right before that, though, in verses um, 1, 2, and 3, yeah. um, he gives a little bit more instruction that kind of sheds some light on this topic. Yeah. He says in verse 1 of 1 Timothy chapter 2, um, First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for our kings and all who are in high places. So he's asking for prayers for for everybody, from from the lowest to the highest. He everybody needs prayers, and here's what you need to pray for. Um, he continues that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior. That's exactly what it means to have a modest heart yeah. to lead a peaceful and quiet life yeah. to be godly and dignified in every way. Mm-hmm. So somebody's like, okay, well, I don't, I don't know like what it means to, to not desire 
things for myself, instead desiring things for God. Like, like what does that mean? It means to, to remove any other distractions from your life that, that cause you to be trying to bring attention to yourself. It means to, to, to be godly, to be dignified. That means that you're not, you know, rambunctious. You're not out there. You're not, you're not causing, you're not seeking attention. Yeah. You're not causing scenes. You're not, you're not seeking attention. Um, that's really what it boils down to. Um, because the, the example that I really love to use about Christians is that we're supposed to be like the moon, you know, as, as the moon reflects the light of the sun or to reflect the light of the sun, you know, the moon reflects the light of the S U N we're supposed to reflect the light of the S O N, um, the son of God that is. And if we try to, to attract people to ourselves rather than to Jesus, that's where we have made the mistake. Yeah. Before we close out, I want to encourage you. I'm going to read like two or three verses from Colossians 3. Yeah. Um, but I want to encourage you to read through really the entirety of Colossians, but especially Colossians 3. And, you know, we've been, we've been talking about our adornment, what we wear, and all of these things. And, and Paul in Colossians 3 in verse 12 says this. He said, put on then, right, wear, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. There's more to it that that is in that in that chapter, but man, as as you were talking about, right, how do we do that? Well, all of the things that we've just talked about are ways in which we can do that, and it all boils down to love. Yeah. It all boils down to love. Who do we love more? Do we yeah. love ourselves more? Do we love God more? And the amazing thing about this is you can look throughout scripture and there's so many examples, there are lists, if you yeah. will, about, Hey, this is how you live a, a godly life. You can yes. think about the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, uh, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Um, my goodness, faithfulness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's been a long day for me. Um, but th- there are so many examples of, instructions being given through the word of God is this is how you are to be godly. This is how you are to be set apart. This is how you are to act as a follower of Christ. Yes. And that's, you know, it's a difficult thing to do. It requires sacrifice on our end. It requires it us does, to yeah. give up things that, me, that we may want to do. I feel like I'm... Give up things that we might want to do. Yeah, yeah I think I slurred my words there a little bit. I don't know why. <laughs> um, but, but we're going to have to be sacrificial. We have to. Yeah. We have to because that's was the example that Christ gave for us. Yeah. was complete sacrifice. And so anyway, um, modesty is a matter of the heart more mm-hmm. than anything else. And it starts with loving God more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, Dylan, do you have anything you want to add? about all for me. I really appreciate y'all tuning in. Um, just want to put a quick little plug. We had a fantastic month of, July, of June. Um, tons of y'all have enjoyed listening to our podcast that we put we, out weekly. We hope you've enjoyed it. Oh, we hope you've enjoyed it. I mean, <laughs> based on the numbers, it looks like a lot of you have been listening, whether yes. it's been enjoyable listening or not. That's jury's still out on that. But um, okay. but we appreciate y'all support so much. It is uh been a fantastic month june was the largest month uh, that we have ever had since starting this podcast over two years ago um and so we just want to thank y'all for that continue sharing uh this podcast with your friends uh if you enjoy this this 
this topic, uh, then pass it along to other people. Yeah. Um, if you've enjoyed this little mini series that we've been going through about why does the church teach that? Why does the Bible teach that? Um, then pass that along, uh, share that with, share that with some folks, but we just want to thank y'all for a fantastic month. Uh, appreciate y'all support and, yes. um, and we will continue on, uh, bringing fresh content each week. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all for listening and, uh, the time that you have, thank you as well as Dylan said, I just, Man, last month was just awesome. Mm-hmm. So thank you all. And uh, just ask that you listen for a couple more seconds as we uh, explain a little bit about how you can help us. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Bible Conversations. We want to ask if you have any questions, suggestions, or comments, that you please email us at kcocbibleconversations at gmail.com. You can also find us on social media. We've got a Facebook page as well as an Instagram account. Our Facebook page is very simple. It's just Bible Conversations. On Instagram, it's very simple, at Bible Conversations. Uh, look us up, like our posts, and share it with your friends. We also have a an opportunity for you to help us financially through a, through a store uh, via Kim's Closet. And you can find that. Uh, you can just type into Google Kim's Closet. We have a, uh, we have a link as well that, that we will be... Uh, posting in, in each of our episodes and we just hope that you will uh, that you'll reach out and find us and uh, purchase a hoodie or a shirt uh, with the logo on it and that way you can spread the word without having to say a word so we appreciate you thank you all have a blessed week